I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com What's up, everyone? It is Saturday night, December 14th, 2019. Welcome to your NWA Into the Fire pay-per-view recap. I am Don Tony. He is Anthony Missionary Thomas. How's it going, DT? Not bad. Got to uh, enjoy the pay-per-view. Yeah. What'd you think? Overall. Totally fucking geeked up, man. I I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. You know, it was the very first showing for the NWA. Uh, it was their first pay-per-view underneath the, the tutelage of Dave Lagana, Bill Corrigan, and everybody else that's actually a part of it. The roster was fun. The matches were fun. I know that I think the only criticism that I can openly give it is the same criticism that a lot of other people have, and they expected it to actually be somewhere else, or they expected a little bit more I guess theatrics, but at the same time for what it is and considering they're still very, very much in the alpha planning stages, I'm okay with it. If this is the way that the story is going to be built around the NWA, if these are the kind of matches that they're going to produce for this company, I have nothing but hope, nothing but hope for them to, to get better, stronger, and apparently get on TV. Mm-hmm. As uh, obviously, I mean, we, I, we can kind of jump into some of that stuff. One of the little spoilers that did happen is they revealed the TV title tonight. You know, what's so funny about that. I actually on Wednesday night, Dynamite, this past Wednesday, I kind of brought back something I had said about TNA way back when. 
And that was, you know, TNA, what the fuck are you doing? Make a secondary title. You know, but I was talking about AEW to do that. Never thought NWA needed it right now. But when they brought the title out and Stu Bennett showed it to us, I said, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Nick Aldis will be will probably be a little bit more of a rarity defending that title on YouTube. But if you have the TV title defended and they get TV on top of it, I, I think it's great. I, a secondary title should be uh, an absolute automatic on every promotion because with the case of AEW, and, and I'm not going to get into AEW rants, it's about NWA, but in the case of AEW, Jericho is the poster child. You still need that suspension of disbelief of a secondary person being a champion. And in NWA, Nick Aldis, you know, his character is changing a little bit. A lot of his promos tonight, you know, very, um, I guess, family oriented. This is about us. This is not about me. This is not about James Storm. This is about all of us. And that's great and everything. But... You don't want every NWA fan to go along with just one champion and no one else. So having a secondary title, and I and I know Cole Cabana had the, a belt as well, but the TV title has a long lineage, and to me that just, I it's just a really smart idea. And not only that, they're not going to milk it for three months. They're going to milk it for four or five weeks, which is the right way to go. I think I think they should milk it for a little bit longer. NWA, the, the big appeal for the NWA DT is that they're not rushing to fight anybody. They're not rushing for anything. So if they sit on something, I'm okay with that. I mm. don't think they're looking to do the flash pizzazz bang in order to try and capture as many people as possible. I think right now the NWA is trying to find their fundamentals as a company. They're trying to find out what the fans really work with the most what actually pops the fans and even people like old sleepy in the front row, they're taking (laughs) into consideration how a casual woman and, and it's really funny too, because she was just so damn distracting, but even a casual person like that, that's gotta be something on their radar. Like how do we get somebody like that to come back? You know what? Um, I'll tell you this, you know, it was funny because she, you know, she looked like jazz, like an older version of jazz. I didn't. And when you were talking about online, like I was very vague about it. And I'm just going to say it straight up because I just didn't want to say, are you talking about the black lady with the pinkish whitish hat on the right? Because, you know, some people in me, you got to mention black, you know, but I think what NWA made a mistake with tonight was the front row. And the reason why I say that is, uh, without getting into a big deal, yesterday I went to the Greg Gutfeld show, and it only seats about 80. And we had a ball. But what they did also was they took a few people who are the loudest with their laughter, the most animated, and they put them in the front row. Right. I I did not really pay attention to this until the very end of tonight's pay-per-view. If you look at that front row and the camera side, you know, at first you might think it's, you know, it was the crew from The Biggest Loser uh, because everybody looked like they belonged in The Biggest Loser. But for the most part. But the thing is, is they all had press passes, press tags. And I said to myself, okay, 
who these people likely are, are the ones who have done the biggest help for NWA and they're there live. And in return, we're going to sit them front row camera side, which is great. But when you which have smart. right, honestly, that's a smart way to do things. Yeah. But when you have half of them, like you said, looking like they're on Xanax or some, you know, drug, like a, they almost like a date rape drug and yeah. they're not animated. And, and this is front row. I mean, you right. could put them front row a little bit to the right. You put them second or third row. But that first row, I mean, every single one of them had a press pass. And I'm like, you know, you, you of course you want to give back to them, but you also have to have that perception on on tv of lively active crowds that fucking woman but that's why i say that this is the period where the nwa is learning their fundamentals they're going to see this reaction they're definitely going to see you know that lady and her nodding off as being a detraction of the show and honestly step foot forward what nwa needs to do is leave like the first two rows yeah. alone and i hate to say it like this but i know that they do this in other studio audiences too when i was working with uh, judge mathis and and stuff like that they save the first two rows usually for the most active people there's like a pre-screening yes. process yes it's not that hard right you just have somebody see the people see who's completely decked out in nwa gear oh my god the guy who's wearing the most nwa gear you guys come on down you guys get front row yeah you know I mean, stuff like that you want people to represent the more positive side of the audience now what they did with the press passes thing though is the right way to usually do it the problem is is that girl was probably with her boyfriend. Now, if you look next to her, the guy next to her was fucking up on his feet. Yeah. He was cheering. I saw him throw his arms up in the air. The dude was in into the show. Chances are, and we were joking about this in the Discord, I would put money down that that's his girlfriend and she's only there because he is. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, for, for a little while, I thought she was a vegetable. I thought that she I, I thought that she physically could not lift her arms. Like I didn't want to make fun of her because I'm like, okay, what if we find out that she's a veggie and she really, you know, she, I'm not trying to I'm not joking about disabled, but maybe there's something else. But I mean, there was nothing. There was no reaction at all. I mean, and it oh, she was clapping here and there, but it was like polite. Cl yeah, it was like this is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you're at the very first fucking pay-per-view for the NWA being relaunched. Get off your ass you know, here. You, you know something. what? I would have had somebody go into her ear and say, you know, right where they wanted to cheer, just say, President Trump was just impeached. She would have been like, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Woo! Woo! Ah, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> And I was doing the Jerry Springer. Woo, woo, woo. I wasn't trying to uh, imitate a certain animal. Ah, uh, but eh, you know what? <laughs> I I could get past. I could get past the, the potted plant on the on the front row, but every oh, one of them had a press pass, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> like I said, smart idea. But maybe we just give out one press pass for one person as opposed to bringing the whole family along. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I I do. But um, overall, I like the pay-per-view. 
Uh, oh, you know, the whoop whoop was Arsenio's thing. That's right, Antox. I uh, just trust me. I don't think in 23 years anyone has ever heard me on a hotline or a podcast go. Woo, 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 woo. I don't even know how to do it. I, I don't even think I've ever done that at home. I think this is the first time in my life I've ever done that. So anyway, Congrats. yeah, yeah. I kind of feel, uh, feel good. Well, the pay-per-view was good. Um, I'm not saying this to sound like a cheapie because you guys out there, I mean, especially our patrons, I mean, you, we work for you. So you want us to cover it, we're going to cover it. I'm a fan of NWA, which makes it a plus. You know, sometimes you watch things you don't want to watch, and I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it's worth 30 bucks, though, or 25 bucks. It uh, wasn't, though. If I think it was if you pre-ordered it, what was it, like two weeks ago? It was yeah. only 15 it should be 15 across the board. I mean, I know you want to get an influx of buys early. You know, you get like a little pre-sale discount. Hey, order by 5 p.m. today and you could take 10% off or 20% off. But I just think when you are this early in the game with your pay-per-views, you know, just offer the same deal across the board. You know, especially it's holiday season. I don't think it was on a lot of people's priority list to order the pay-per-view two or three weeks in advance. I knew I was ordering it no matter what. I waited till today. Yeah. So, but yeah, just, um, well, I mean, I thought it was a good thing. If, if that's something that they're going to do going forward, then they can train the fans that way. Yes. If you're a fan of the NWA, but you want a little bit of a discount, order the pay-per-view early. You guys get it for 15 bucks instead of 25 I'm okay with that. That's kind of like a, a first come first serve deal. You know what I would you know do I mean? if I was them? Season pass. If they they think they're going to do six pay per views a year, then what I would do is hey, take, get a season pass twenty twenty fifty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine by whatever February first. You get all the pay per views for the year included. Not bad. Oh yeah, there you go. And Johnny Ford, that's that's right. If you ordered it before December seventh. We also got a four dollar credit with Fight TV, so it was a, essentially ten ninety nine. If you think about it, he's kind of right. Yeah, I so it, it was way worth that price, without a doubt. Um, I this is the first time I watched the Fight TV pay per view through my Roku instead of my computer, and the computer quality was actually better than a Roku. But I will tell you, I know it NWA is much simpler with their product compared to AEW. But the camera work is spot on. I mean, with the exception of maybe Eddie Kingston and uh, Homicide brawling outside with the Dawson brothers for a little bit that we missed a couple of shots, their camera work was excellent tonight. Well, it's simple because it's only one side. Now See, they, that's another yeah. thing, too. That's a bonus of the studio wrestling. They don't have to do a lot of panning. They don't have to do a lot of audience shots because everything is hard camera based. Mm. There's nobody on the other side. Right. The only thing that's on the other side is the actual interview box. That's right, it. Right. And they go directly to that with the live cam, you know? So it's set up very well, and they're very comfortable with the setup. The hard cam gets 90% of the action, and then the, the live camera cuts in through everything else. The people that they have working in back for the production, there was no issues with sound. I didn't hear any at all. Mm -mm. I, video was fine the entire time. It's amazing. That a, that a smaller company, per se, like the NWA, can get it right in one, 
and AEW is still struggling. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not here to shit on AEW. I'm just saying it's it's kind of you know interesting that here you have a company that isn't funded by billions, you know, I, I guess million million or so, but it, it's still it's a completely different environment, and and NWA is making it work very well. I agree, and you know it it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I know some people run to the defense of AEW and say, well, look, look how the how they have to do it for an arena and this, this and that. But you don't understand the people behind the scenes. You know, I think a lot of people think that because the Young Bucks and Jericho and Omega and QT Marshall and whoever else is backstage that they're also handling the camera work, the production studio. No, you pay big time professionals to do that stuff. So if anything... You know, doing it in a larger venue, you have more cameras to go to, more shots to go to. You know, it's it's. It, I would expect an MLW or an NWA or a smaller promotion to have you know more of those flaws because right. you you're not going to hire a, a top price person just to run two cameras. But the camera work did great today. I love, I love of everything that they do retro. I love the intimate surroundings. I know some people um, in the journalistic world like to rip NXT for saying, you know, full sale, the crowd is too small and it's too intimate. With NWA, I love how you could hear like one individual yell something out, like they yelled at the question mark. Um, or even, even better. I probably enjoyed more than anything tonight, Aaron Stevens. You know, when he was just doing the whole thing about the national anthem from, did, did you ever hear of Mangrovia? Oh, that was fucking hilarious. Mangrovia. Immediately, a Mangrovia karate. <laughs> Mangrovia national anthem. I, I'm serious. That was great. Question mark is hilarious. Yeah, but what's awesome too is, Aaron Stevens doesn't even need to have the microphone. He's just in the middle of stuff and he's like, shut up, shut up. And you, and it's so loud. I, I like it. I like it. And you know what? Looking at it again tonight, there is nothing wrong with his peach colored tights you know, as Stu Bennett said tonight, that's what, you know, Mother Nature intended. It's it's not skin color. It's peach. And can we do that? Can we, can we say a little something, too? I am beyond impressed, surprised, and enlightened with how comfortable and well-flowing Stu Bennett was. You know what? He, he got on there like he's been doing this for fucking years. You want to know something? I'm not going to start playing around with special effects anytime soon, but I will do it this one time. I think he did such a great job with uh, the, the commentary. I mean, he's done it before, and I talked about this on Wednesday. He's done a lot of commentary recently, but he, and you know he had a pad with some phrases, you know, he's talking about the chicks and, you know, the baptism of fire, Mr. Yeah, Anderson. He definitely let people know who he was. He, he came back with some, he's like, he said something about good news and bad news. And yes. I was like, ah, little, little, you, you point to your nose at that moment and go, I know what you're talking about. 
he was very clever. He was witty. He was funny. I, I was very surprised. Like, I, I do know that he's done commentary before. I was just surprised he was this good at it. Yeah. I never went. Well, you, you know what it is. A lot of his commentary before, it was recorded afterwards. This, you have the pressure of doing it live. And, you know, if anybody is an old school ECW fan, there's a clear, stark, substantial difference when you listen to Joey Styles commentate a pre-recorded episode of ECW on TV back in the day. I'm not talking about WWE's stuff. I'm talking about the regular ECW. And then when they went to pay-per-view in 97 and you hear Joey Styles commentate a pay-per-view live, his vocals, his style, even the way he commentates is a lot different than pre-recorded. So for Stu Bennett to go two plus hours today and be that, you know, it, you know, just really quick-witted and... Right and mesh that well live you know there was two or three spots where they were he wanted he said okay we're gonna go to a video package on how this feud began and they didn't you know because odb was drinking the flask because there was like th two or three times tonight that that happened but i thought he did a phenomenal job and i'm not gonna lie i'm not trying to start shit i did not miss jim Cornette one bit I was very surprised by that, you know, and I was also kind of surprised because I knew and everybody knew that Jim Cornette kind of lost his position as commentary uh, because of his disagreements, you know, with Dave Lagana and Billy Corrigan based upon the comments that he made. But I was kind of surprised he didn't show up for the Rock and Roll Express. I really was. I understood that he lost his position as a commentator, but I still thought that he would have been out there with them. You know what? They showed... Um the clip when they won the belts. They yes. showed a little bit of, um, there was a couple other feuds where he was on commentary. You heard his voice for a little bit. Uh, I think because this was, you know, an important pay-per-view for them, especially after everything that has transpired, I think they just didn't want any outside distraction and even if jim Cornette would have showed up tonight even for just the rock and roll express it would have been the focus of conversation it would have been such a distraction you would have had you would have had tons of people who don't care about the nwa you will have tons of people who don't watch an episode of the nwa and they will go on social media and act like they're the biggest nwa fans and say i will never watch nwa again because you put that racist motherfucker back on tv even if he was just sitting next to you know the the plant from front row the vegetable even if he would have just done that you would have people you know this happens they will convince you know, NWA, I am a, I will never watch again. And I was one of your biggest supporters. And you get Goofy Lagana and others, because I don't like Lagana because he pussied out in the whole situation. He should have gotten ripped apart just as much as Cornette. Not fired, but ripped apart. But you would add Lagana trying to appease all of these people who are outraged, where about 95% of them never watch an ounce of NWA and could care less. They just want a reason to fucking speak out and voice about something i think not having him tonight was the best thing to do if you want to bring him in the future you know that's fine but i think tonight not having him on was the right way to go that's fine i i just 
it, it kind of caught me off guard. Obviously, you know, Jim Cornette synonymous with Rock and Roll Express. And, uh, you know, they went out there and they had and, and they had an amazing <laughs> match. I, I guess. Do we want to start running down the actual yeah, match? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, uh, the first match on the card was Eli Drake versus Mr. Anderson. Uh, they opened up the they opened up the show with this. Eli, you know what? Mr. Anderson still looking. Uh, he still looks like a bruiser. I was kind of surprised. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen him wrestle. You know, on TV, obviously, last time that we saw him, I think was what Impact. So yes, right. So he, I mean, it's been a minute since he's been out in the ring. You know, and he had a decent match with Eli Drake. Eli Drake looks really good out there. He Eli, looks like he's. It, it's kind of like it's. It's he's someone that Impact lost. Yes, they really lose him. Absolutely. You know? Um, Mr. Anderson still has his school. He's very active in the school, so I think that helps keep him in shape, but. He didn't miss a beat. Um, Eli Drake is very talented. He's awesome on the mic. He is very old school on the mic. If you were blind and just listened to the recap, you would have thought that maybe you were listening to almost like an old Tully Blanchard promo. He is great. Um, I think there's something about him, his character, that might be missing just a drop because I don't think... He can be Nick Aldis plain. You know what I mean? Like maybe you dress a little nice and you clean groomed. Like there, there has to be a little. He's the henchman, He's the henchman not the fucking leader. That's yeah. He like. Yeah. That's a, that's a good comparison. That's a good comparison. But I like the match. Um, it was great. Uh, went about 10 minutes. Um, Eli Drake does get the win. Uh after the match is over, you have, um, you know, well, it this happened a little bit later on, but, uh, you know, d d put it this way, Kenny Anderson would uh, get a little bit of revenge on Eli Drake, but Eli Drake, you know, maybe going after Nick Aldis after this. I'm not sure if they're going to, you know, blow that yet, you know, push that button, but it was a great opening match. Um, that sunset bomb looked a little bit. I'm not sure. Was that supposed to go off like that? Because it looked a little off. It looked like Eli Drake just dropped all of his weight on Kenny's <laughs> dick first. You know what I mean? Yeah. He dropped everything on Ken Anderson's face and head. And I mean, it worked. He got the pin after that. But I, it was just kind of wild how it looked. It, it just really looked dangerous almost. He did that with the neck breaker too. If you go back and you look at the neck breaker, it just seemed like. I don't think it was Eli Drake's fault. I think just Mr. Anderson might have been in some spots a uh, quarter of a second slower. Okay. So, but, um, you know, I thought still overall the crowd was into it. It was a great opener. I look yes. back at the card. I think it was the perfect match to have open up the pay-per-view. And um, it was not boring. And I think this also allowed Stu Bennett to get comfortable very quickly mm -hmm. so he's commentating on two guys that he's very much aware of you know he they they went nine minutes they told the nice little story in the ring and it wasn't too much chaos early in the night so right. it really set the tone of what we were going to get later on well david marquez is the one that steps in after that after the match is over and he's the one that interviews james storm and uh nick aldis and they have their little back and forth with James Storm finally, you know, delivering his tagline of about your damn luck. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it was a nice setup. It was, and that's another thing too that I really like about the NWA. These interviews happen in person. Yes. So many of the times in WWE and AEW and everywhere else, a lot of these interviews happen off camera. They're pre-recorded segments, but in NWA, it's a lot of face-to-face interviews. And I think for some people, they're not big fans of that, but I can really appreciate the craft that goes into underneath the live gun. You know what I mean? As opposed to, okay, it's a pre-recorded segment. Oh, you screwed it up. Don't worry about it. We'll take 30 more times until we get it right. And then just throw it up on the screen for the audience to watch later. But NWA doesn't have the leisure of having a Titantron screen or a giant, you know, projection screen so that people can watch these backstage segments. So seeing guys like Nick Aldis and James Storm go at it, it's just them cutting promos on each other. It's great. Yeah. When James Storm first came out, you know, the crowd wasn't really into him all that much. And, you know, he starts with his promo talking about all of us and family, and that got him over a little bit more. But um, you could see the crowd is strongly behind Nick Aldis. And James Storm won the crowd over tonight. I mean, he was great on the mic. I mean, he's he's a veteran. Um, I will say this, not really jumping ahead, but I could say this too. I thought their video packages to set up some of the matches tonight was um, a lot less to be desired. And... The Nick Aldis, James Storm package at the very end where they said, you know, let's see how this took place. And the entire focus of the package was around Camille. You know what I mean? And if Camille is not going to be part, you know, big time, I mean, like a major swerve, almost like, you know, with Dusty Rhodes and Tully and Baby Doll stuff. If you're not going to have controversy like that. It's got to feel that it's about the 10 pounds of gold, not the 110 pounds of ass. You know what I mean? I think she's definitely going to be a part of the storyline more so. Even tonight, as she was supposedly banned from ringside, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, she obviously came out to the ring and disrupted the match. The reality is, is I don't, I have more of a feel like she's going to pull a woman and she's going to switch sides. And I just had this feeling that that's the character that they're enveloping with her. And a lot like woman too, she doesn't talk. Woman <laughs> didn't cut too many promos. I mean, she did here and there, but for the most part, woman didn't talk a lot at all. Right. So, you know, the idea of Camille kind of proverbially walking in her footsteps and woman's footsteps is interesting to me. Right. I, I agree. I agree. I just... You know, the live interview segments and Dave Marquez, you know, good for him, because if you are not a a casual, if you're just a casual fan of anything that's not AEW or WWE right now and you see him, he looks like some generic, you know, Latino guy wearing fucking thick glasses. But he's got great, great responses. His visual responses to the things. Yeah, to. To his, you know, astonishment, to his offense, like the guy <laughs> wears on his sleeve. He's very good at it. Like his commentary is his interview skills and everything else like that. Very professional. 
He comes off as a guy who's been broadcasting for years, but the way he responds is very old school, very mean Gene ask a little bit, very, very in the background. But you notice that his reaction is supposedly what the audience is feeling, too. I, I really enjoy him. What do you think of Joe Galley? Joe Galley's all right. He's a little too straight laced for me. I, I wish he would be. I wish he would. Ha- I wish he would emote a little more. And I understand that his position is to be the straight man kind of deal, but he's almost too straight. Right. You know? <laughs> he has to have, he has to look like he just got laid. And for people that don't know, for people that don't know what I mean by that is uh, we have seen over the years, especially retro, a lot of goofy movies where you have a virgin who has never gotten laid before yes. and is very stiff and very, and then it's what happens. They get, they end up getting laid and then they put the camera back on the guy and his <laughs> buttons are open and his hair is disheveled. And he's like, Hey, what's going on everybody. And he's all loose and he's totally, <laughs> tra- I mean, the Joe Galley, that guy, dude, he's like the fat kid from Meatballs 20 years later. Oh, I love that we get to name drop Meatballs twice this week. <laughs> oh, that's great. And somebody even posted this spaz video on my Twitter. I was like, yeah, this is a good week. This has been a great week. What a what a great week. But yeah, he's just too stiff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but you know what the thing, though? Even in the in the 10 pounds of gold series, he's the same way. Yes. So. This, this is his personality. This is just who he is. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not like he's not professional. It's not like he doesn't, you know, uh, you know, say his lines and, and keep everybody informed. It's just, you know, he doesn't have the personality like everybody else. Right. I, well, you know, I, I think he's good. I think that's why I think Stu Bennett, I know I might be sound a little bit ridiculous by saying this, but um, that's why Stu Bennett might be a better, uh, a better compliment to Joe Galley than Jim Cornette, because Jim Cornette is outdated with some of his references. Also, although he is spot on, but to have a, a, a stiff Joe Galley and a contemporary, you know, guy who is. You know, very quick-witted, a little bit of a wise-ass, but he also shows respect and gives a little bit of history. I mean, that's one thing. Nothing against Jim Ross. I have been defending Jim Ross with AEW since week one. But Jim Ross, when he's describing some people on TV, you feel like he knows nothing about them. You know what I mean? And it's not making names wrong, but it just feels like he's learning on the fly. Stu Bennett tonight gave you that feeling that he knew every single person who was in that ring tonight. And even if he didn't know, you know, a couple of women, you know, the 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 um, the Cardi B wannabe, the Sasha, whatever, even if he didn't uh, know them, he gave steals. the yeah, steals. Sasha Steeles. It, it was like Car- Cardi B f- combined with Sasha Banks. <laughs> yeah. So was that the next match of the night? What did you do? That's oh. <laughs> I have no idea. But I looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, could you do that? She's like, no. I mean, I, she was okay. You know, she's the brightest star in the sky. And she brings the Latina heat and all that stuff. Yeah, she's not bad. You know, she lost. You know, I think I don't care who was going to face Thunder Rosa today. Thunder Rosa was getting that win. I actually did pretty good with predictions tonight. 
The only um, two matches I got wrong was the tag match with Molina and the Rock and Roll Express. I'll explain. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. You know, speaking of, I, I just... Is that the next matchup on the actual? No, match? the next match was the, oh, the the question mark with Aaron Stevens uh, defeating Trevor Murdoch. You know the guy with the bucket of chicken on his back. Um, you know, look before we get to the question mark match. I mean, Thunder Rosa and Tasha Steeles. It only went four minutes. It was very very quick. You know, yes. Thunder Rosa is definitely impressive. She's got a long way to go, but she is definitely. You know, a future big name. You know, and the Indies. She's been wrestling in WoW as well, right? You know? But look at the caliber of storylines in WoW. It's more, you know, like uh, carnival, like a carnival. Would that be the right way to compare it? So now she's going to be, you know, just as charismatic, but a little more serious environment, serious promotion. So you know, she's got to adapt a little bit, but I think. Five years from now, Thunder Rosa has the capability of being in the top five of all women that are not in WWE. You know, she's impressive. I mean, she's still got a way to go. And, you know, she's doing a little bit of MMA also. But, you know, I thought I thought it was fine tonight. Um, so now we have the question mark in Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens with a rolled flag in his hand and he's got the karate gi on and he refers to the question mark as sensei question, sensei question. Um, I, I said it before. I loved how in the middle of him talking, shut up, shut up. <laughs> it's almost like earlier we were doing, uh, I can't say this too loud. We were doing um, Wild Card Friday. My fiance interrupted me twice to let me know that my mom had called and, you know, I always tell them, like, look, unless it's an emergency, you know, don't interrupt me or just come in. And if I put my hand up, you know, my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. Um, but she came in twice before to say your mother called again. And I, and I really wanted to just do the Aaron Stevens. I would have been like, shut up, shut up. So but he is fucking great. I, I actually predicted Aaron Stevens to win that title tonight. But um, Question Mark defeats Trevor Murdoch in about five and a half minutes. Match went a lot shorter than it felt. But there was a lot of comedy involved. Oh, you know, yeah. No, it was definitely, it was well kept up by all three men. You know, I liked the little spot where they both kicked uh, Aaron Stevens at the same time. And they both, <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. You know, like it, it was probably... Ah, man, it's hard for me to say the best match, but I think it is. I think that was the best match of the night. Really? Okay. I really enjoyed well, it. Would you, would you call it maybe the most fun match of the night? Because you can That's have... I, yeah. No, I understand what you mean. Like, I'm not comparing it wrestling-wise, but, I mean, as far as what match would I watch over again, that would be the first <laughs> match that I would watch over again. It was a lot of fun to watch, and you're right. You know, fun is something that we really don't talk about a lot when it comes to a lot of these pay-per-view matches. Absolutely. Because we don't really get that fun sometimes. And it usually comes down to us analyzing the wrestling style or us analyzing the storyline that's involved or the fuck finishes or whatever other outside things happen in order to make a match better or great even. But this was one of those matches that it was simple. It didn't matter if you knew any of the players or not. It performed 
amicably well. So it was everybody looked good. It was a fun match to have. And I think that this was one of those matches that you, you need to highlight. They need to highlight in the future when they want to when they want people to know what the NWA is. These are one of the matches that you put into that that highlight reel. You know what I liked about it, too? It had the right kind of fun. It didn't have, you know, somebody grabbing somebody's dick and that person is, you know, incapacitated, flipping, going over the ring. You know, like like this was the right type of comedy it was fodder it was funny i mean even you know the things that we learned you know if, if people missed it you know we've learned that the question mark is the 1998 acapella champion of mangrovia you I'm know a huge I, trevor murdoch fan too yeah I mean, the fans were didn't seem that interested in trevor murdoch as i thought they would yeah i've i've enjoyed trevor murdoch years and i was one of those people that you know haven't haven't really kept up with his career ever since he left wwe ever since the passing of lance cade but you know he is that great old school feel i really mm -hmm. enjoy seeing him out there i don't know what it is but trevor murdoch is my underdog i want to see trevor murdoch not only do well but get belts get gold and get put into a position i just really like because he is he is literally the antithesis of what everybody else is putting up as a champion. Yeah. He is the antithesis of what everybody else is looking for in current wrestling climate, in the current wrestling climate. You have pretty boys like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, pretty boys like Cody, I, I guess, you know, and, and Kenny Omega. And then you have a guy in the NWA that looks like Trevor Murdoch, a guy who's been fucking road hard and left wet. You know, it's just, he's a guy who looks like he's seen it all. And it's like, eh, it's, that's what you want. You want a guy who smokes cigars, you know, he spits tobacco. He looks like an old school Harley race trainee. You know, it's, it's he's got a good look. He's got the look of an old school wrestler, which fits the NWA bill. What do you think about him being almost 40? That's great. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of guys that have been 40. Look at Chris Jericho. How old is Jericho at this point? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, but Trevor Murdoch is doesn't have that storied career where he's about to hit 40. And, you know, people still com compare him with Lance Cade. You know what I mean? Like, he's running out of time. I think, you know what I think he could use? A funny storyline with ODB in NWA. I could see that too. I could absolutely see that. Look, I, I think that because NWA is such a new establishment, a new promotion, that you don't really need those historied careers in order to make these guys. Don't get me wrong. Having the Rock and Roll Express out there, having Tim Storm out there, these are good moves. You know, having Nick Aldis and James Storm as champions. Or, or as, you know, in the main event, these are good moves. But guys like Trevor Murdoch, even though we know where he came from, I don't think a guy like that needs a litany of things that he's done in the past hmm. in order to make him a great wrestler for tomorrow. Right. I just like the way that they, he looks, and I like that style. That NWA, I mean, sure, Aaron Stevens is cut up. and uh, uh, Oh, what was that other kid that was wrestling with him and Cole Cabana? R Ricky Sauce. Uh, yeah, right. So... 
he's cut up to, to shit too. Like he's just Mr. Abs, you know, mm. but you don't need that in this company. This company looks like it's, it's a little bit dirtier. Like the fingernails are a little dirtier and I'm okay with that. You know, who would be, uh, probably the face of the NWA. If you t- I, I'm curious what your answer is going to be. I, I invite everybody out there to play along too. If you chose one guy from NXT, that you brought over to NWA right now that would be the number one guy. In my opinion, oh. in my opinion, yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to type your answer and then we can just hit enter at the same time uh, in, the, in the Discord chat to see if we came up with the same answer. Well, there's two guys technically in NXT that I would pick. Oh, you can, you could type one, both. One of them is off TV right oh. now. Okay. All right. Well, you could type both names and let me know when you're ready to hit enter and we'll hit enter at the same time and we'll see what our names are. Cause I actually, I have one, one that comes to mind. I just think he would absolutely be perfect. All I right, see you type. Right. You ready? All right. Three, two, one. Wow. All right. You have Walter and who's the other one? Who was the guy that got kicked out of wwe or got shamed for some horrible comments that he made when he was 19 years old on a bodybuilder site i'm blanking on his name oh lars lars sullivan lars sullivan lars sullivan looks like a fucking monster from the 50s and 60s you know i could see yeah. lars sullivan in nwa being the bodyguard of someone i could see him being oh, the yeah. fucking bodyguard of camille like Absolutely. like almost like king kong and the fucking chick in king kong Sure, Lars puts fucking Camille up on his shoulder. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, but, but Walter, I, I you pick Keith Lee, and I, pick I agree. Keith Lee. I think he's a black I, dusty Rhodes. Keith Lee is fucking amazing, but I like Walter. Walter also has that look that he looks like he would go into the NWA and just start kicking the shit out of people. All of them are good picks. I think every single one of the yeah. guys that we've just talked about are absolutely the style and the look that I would like to see in NWA. Walter would be a phenomenal ultimate heel, like international heel, almost like old school, maybe not necessarily Iron Sheik, but maybe like Ivan Koloff or, you know, somebody who is an international guy because you you could see a baby face in NWA just and feuding with Walter and the crowd just chants USA over and over and over again. And it would just drive Walter mad school heel. Absolutely. He is an old school heel. Not no question. That's a great choice. Also that not just an old school heel, but an old school foreign heel. Yes. And I mean, they're kind of doing that with Aaron Stevens with, with Montovia. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go but, there. Let's tour yeah. to Montovia this year. We got to, we got to find out from Aaron Steven. I, what did, what did Stu Bennett say? It's right in the middle between never, Neverland and somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember where he said it was, but it was so fucking funny. Like, like I said, Stu Bennett was great tonight. I'm not kissing his ass. I'm not trying to over. He was really a breath of fresh air because it was so much unknown going into this live pay-per-view but yeah i agree the question mark and trevor murdoch today was a fun fun match and in the end and you know what's great too look at the physique of the question mark you know what i mean oh, yeah. look at the the hair like coming out of his mask 
Like he, there's nothing about him that really stands out. He even his mask looks like it was bought in a ninety nine cent store. Yes, you know it's like we it's like we took a white marker and just drew the question mark over like a ski mask or something and cut eyes out of it. It's, it's right. It's almost like the lack of presentation is the presentation yeah. for the NWA. Yeah. You know, the ring is a little too bouncy. Oh, that's I love that. The masks are right. a little too right, right. But the masks are a little little cheap. You know, the they're not coming out there with thousand dollar robes and stuff like that. They're just look at that. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not even, look at the mask superstars mask. I mean, it's right. beautifully stitched. You know, it's got nice stars. I mean, you look at old Raymond, look at the invaders from the WWF nineteen eighty three. Those masks were kind of cheap. I mean, Jeez, this look at every lucha mask in existence and how how ornate they are. You know? Yeah, this literally looks like like a, a just a piece of fabric that they just cut the eyes and the nose and the mouth and and just took a white magic marker. Yeah. And he went the, to Minnesota Fabrics before he went to the show. Yeah, <laughs> and the guy has got the pot belly. You know, yep. he he's strong, but he doesn't have like an ultimate physique. You know, he looks like the guy that you would see at like maybe playing pool in like a really dingy bar at three o'clock in the morning. Or just right. in the corner, like burping. Look at that! Look at that photo! Look at that pot belly, and people are into it. Uh, that's uh, great. Dells has got a picture hanging out with question mark. That's great, man. That's cool, man. It's, I, it's very retro, and you know everybody, you know, always finds so many. Re See, that's the thing, and this is the sad thing about it. Look at that picture of question mark. Anybody that's listening to download, you go to our chat room and go at uh, 9.41 p.m. on Saturday, December 14th. Take that very same guy, put him in the AEW ring right now. Just think of all of the hate and the criticism that would be put on TV right now. I mean, on, on Twitter and social media towards that guy. So the fact that he's not getting that is wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's the right type of humor. It's, right. you know, it's not, it, it doesn't look like voodoo. You know what I mean? Like Joey Ryan, I have nothing against him, but that dick stuff is like voodoo stuff. Oh, not even like, if you want to compare that to uh, the fucking, uh, the incel army. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like dark order, like dark order doesn't fit in AW in my opinion. They just don't. It looks, it looks poor on AEW because AEW is trying to be something that's elevated above what the Dark Order presents themselves as, especially the little minions that they have. But if you were to take something like the Dark Order and put them in with question mark in the NWA, it would work. Yes. I think it would actually fucking work. You see the fans in AEW for the most part. They get the most excited for Jericho, Flippy Flippy. You know, right. I mean, you you see uh, a 200-pound wrestler being able to suplex two guys at the same time, five times in a row. You know, like that's, I'm not trying to overly, you know, try to generalize it, but there's a certain form of entertainment that big-time AEW fans love that a lot of casual fans don't relate to because of what we saw with, uh, you know, Ortiz on his knees for 10 seconds in front of a chair and stuff like AEW fans would let that go. So the dark order 
does not fit in, like you said, with with the people that are the quintessential favorites of AEW. And they're trying to expand that. And I don't know if it'll work, but I totally agree with you. You put that in the NWA and be old school and at the same time have a cheese. It's the right level of cheese. You know, it's yeah. serious on one side because it's still fighters out in the ring. But you know what? They're still out of shape a little bit. You know, they they got the upper body muscle, but they don't have the lower body style. Yep. You know, they, they fit. They fit in there with other human beings. That's what NWA feels like. It's human beings wrestling, not people that have been cut to the gills, not people that have been roided out, not people. Although there's nothing wrong with the roided out dudes too. Like that totally works on a different level as well. But I'm just saying the NWA just, it feels gritty. It feels incomplete. And I think that's its charm. Right. Um, Going into the next match, we had the rock and roll express. Now this match only went five minutes. So, you know, let's keep it a little in perspective, but they do retain the tiles. This is one of the two matches that I got wrong tonight. The Rock and Roll Express was a great feel-good moment, and the way they had the titles change, it was just a miscue on behalf of the wild cards. So you figure, okay, they have the belts for, you know, two two weeks or so, and they get, you know, they lose them back to the wild cards. And, you know, it was a feel-good moment of 2019, Um, I don't know if any title will change before the end of the year, but I was very surprised to see them retain. You had the Rock and Roll Express come out with Eddie Kingston and Homicide. The Wild Cards came out with the Dawsons. I think they would that was done tonight strictly to divert some of the attention away from inside the ring because the Rock and Roll Express are older, and they can't move around. And if you actually I look, I don't know about that. Uh, uh, fucking Ricky Morton was doing suicide. Uh, yeah, the Canadian Destroyer. But if you <laughs> look, Ricky Morton is is in a class by himself. You do not expect to see a guy at that age, at that level, even attempting moves like that. They are awesome. Putting they, on little spotlights. He was putting on a little highlight reel for everybody. And I'm like, God damn, how old is Ricky Morton? It was great. But the problem is the wild cards, their speed, they need what the wild cards need to do better is they need to be able to slow it down. And the problem is like when you had, you know, dives going on to the wild, I, I invite anybody to go back and look at it. And you see, you know, the Wildcats, I think it was Ricky Morton who dove outside the ring on, uh, or did the, the dive through the ropes. The Wildcats set up about 10 seconds too early. And if you just focus on the Wildcats, I'm not blaming any of this on the Rock and Roll Express, but if you focus on the Wildcats, they prepared thinking that the Young Bucks were about to jump over because the, it's just that much quicker and the problem is you need to compensate a little bit of time for the fact that it is the rock and roll express and it the wild cards were a little bit too fast so i blame this solely on the wild cards but the rock and roll express they kept up though dt yeah yeah, oh yeah yeah no no look the rock and roll express kept up with the wild cards but the wild cards, when it came time for the Rock and Roll Express to do their stuff, they were setting up a little bit too early. And But, you know, I had no problem with the Rock and Roll Express retaining. It surprised me. 
It's one of the two matches I got wrong tonight, but it went long enough that it was fine. You know, wild card screwed up once again. You know, there was a little distraction with Kingston and Homicide and the Dawson's ringside to not focus too much on the tag match. And, you know, we'll see what happens next in this. But I think most of us got got it wrong for this match because I don't think there was too many people that thought that the Rock and Roll Express were, were going to retain uh, either because of the reason like we were talking about earlier with Jim Cornette not being there, mm. you know, kind of like not necessarily punishing the Rock and Roll Express because of what happened to Jim Cornette, but at the same time, you've lost the third person of the Rock and Roll Express, essentially. So I figured that this was going to kind of be like a nice way to say goodbye before yes. the end of 2019. But here they are. They performed well in the match. It was a fast match, mind you. And I don't think that they're going to hold on to it much longer past in 2020. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the things that they did talk about tonight, which we didn't even bring up, is the fact there there will be another pay-per-view. Well, yeah, next. we were going to get to that next. Um, yes. I, yeah, we could talk about it now. They Their next pay-per-view a lot sooner than we thought. Because right after the Rock and Roll Express won, Joe Galli and Stu Bennett announced that they will be returning to fight on pay-per-view. This time, it will be Friday, January 24th. That is an interesting move. A weekday pay-per-view. It's been a while since I've ordered one of those. I mean, probably since back in the days of, was it? Uh, NWA uh, TNA. Tuesdays yeah. and, and TNA Wednesdays, you know? Like, it's been a minute. So. Yeah, it's so, fr and January 24th is only about six weeks away. Right, right. So they could set up their storylines. And look, when you have a crowd that small, you know, you fill it up with no problem. I mean, look, if I was able to go, I, I honestly think, dude, I told you, like, one of the things on my bucket list is go to Wrigley Field and, and, um, uh, uh, oh my God, um, Fenway Park. Those oh, are the two okay. places. Ironically, one is from your neck of the woods and one is from Joey Numbers' neck of the woods. But I'm starting to think I want to sit in, in during an NWA show once. You know, just yeah. to be in that intimate atmosphere and just to kind of like suspend disbelief that we're in 1983. Uh, you know what? This is going to sound cheesy, but this is one of the things that I've been holding on to as as a wrestling fan for years, but showing up at the NWA taping at a TV taping or at a pay-per-view or something like that. And being a part of that audience, it almost validates you as being a real wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds so cornball and people can honestly come at me with that. And that's fine. I'm just talking about mainly for myself. Like I've watched wrestling my entire life, but there's something special and honorable about the NWA and since this run, you know, I mean, the NWA has been around for years and it was even around for years when I was attending wrestling events. But at that time, it was so broken. It was such a shadow of what it once was that I have such hope for it this time that I think it's almost a way to touch history. Mm. You know, I agree. I agree. I think we have to possibly try to plan something, maybe an NWA event in 2020 because because the crowd is so small that we can represent big time. You know, they, when XPW came to the Northeast and they were at the ECW arena, I, I mean, it would never be on that level, but I thought it was 
so fucking cool to look around the ECW arena and to know that one third to even maybe one half of the people that were there were the Blackhearts from my bus trips. You know, to have a nice, you know, group of people represent like that. I know, obviously, they're not going to allocate tons of tickets, even if we're willing to pay for them. But I think it would be pretty cool to have, you know, a bunch of us go to one event. Obviously, we, we can't drop crazy coin on it. But, right. hey, I mean, you know, uh, that's what our supporters help us with. They're helping us go to the next level, branch out, expand, progress. And maybe that's something we do in 2020. I'd love to see NWA come to fucking New York or Chicago because coming to Chicago from here, it's not as expensive as they thought it would be. It was very cheap. Very good. You know, plus I had my little contact that helped me up. But uh, now after this match went down, the tag match, we had Eli Drake being interviewed by Dave Marquez. And Eli Drake was talking about NWA being the hottest thing today and, um, you know, trying to, you know, tease that he would face whoever comes out being the champion tonight. Kenny Anderson came out, attacked him. Um, really good spot where he wrapped the chair around the neck of Eli Drake, hit him in the ring post. You even had Joe Galley say that the ring post was scratched from the, he sees the scratches from the chair. Uh, but it was a big time brawl. And, you know, Kenny Anderson is now the heel that he really should be in NWA. Absolutely. And it was funny, too, because in the very beginning of the night, people were kind of behind Ken. Yeah. But at the uh, by the end of the night, that completely changed. Yeah. So Kenny Anderson, look, Eli Drake, they might be starting to season him to be, I hate to use it this way, but the next Nick Aldis of NWA. You know what I mean? That's not a bad thing to be. That's not a bad thing for him to aim for. No, but you yeah. know what'll happen. E- Eli Drake would say to you, I don't want to be the next Nick Aldis. I want to be the Eli Drake. But you know what I mean? Like the clean cut, fans really get behind, really right. smooth on the mic, doesn't have to wear, you know, crazy outfits and robes. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't wear some stuff, but. You know, his his character is it's a little bit more generic, which is the right way to go with Eli Drake. I think he is going to be, you know, like Tim Storm represented the NWA title with a lot of class. Nick Aldis represented the belt with a lot of class. I think Eli Drake may be the next one in line to be that classy. Plus, like I said earlier, if you're blind and you listen to an Eli Drake promo, you listen to the one he cut tonight before he got attacked, it sounded like old school Tully Blanchard. Oh, yeah. yeah. So great spot. Um, now we get the women's tag match. Nice to see Melina in the ring. Um good. Yeah, still, still looks good. Uh, I I got to Google her age, but, you know, she came out there. And, um, you know, we what we didn't talk about earlier is that, uh, what what was her name that got attacked earlier? Oh, fuck, I'm drawing, drawing a brain fart right now. Because the, ori- the original match we had, well, we ended up having... Uh, yeah, Alice K's partner. Uh, 
I, I can't remember her name right now, but Allison Kay was supposed to team up with someone else to take on Melina and Marty Bell, and she got taken out by... Ashley Vox, yes, yes. She got taken out earlier. So we ended up what we thought was going to be a handicap match between uh, Allison Kay versus Marty Bell and Molina. But then music hits, and it was strange. It was strange because Impact Wrestling just announced that she was going to be added to the women's title match for their pay-per-view. And now she shows up in NWA, I don't know if NWA and Impact Wrestling may be trying to do a little with each other. Ah, with the you know the history of Billy Corgan and him, I'm not so sure. But ODB shows up tonight. Great pop from the crowd. But Allison Kay and ODB beat Molina and Marty Bell. Um, I thought Molina and Marty Bell were going to get the win. I maybe because Molina is back and you know that be. A, cool thing to give her a victory right away it would have helped marty bell a little bit but the match was very good at some points it was a little bit sloppy but i think it did enough of what it it needed to do and you know it seemed like a lot of the focus was on odb more than anything else and i don't know if she's going to be a regular player in nwa but i i thought the overall match was good this might be something that sways them down the road, though, too. You never know. I mean, just the reaction that you got alone inside NWA, you know, if contract negotiations come up, you, you might be surprised. She might sign over and kind, kind of become a staple because, honestly, there you go. There's another person fits better in NWA than she does in Impact. Oh, sure. ODB fits better in the NWA atmosphere. I think so. I got a kick out of Stu Bennett. After the match was over, they went towards the announcer's area, and ODB had the flask. I think uh, Allison K took a, a swig of it as well. And um, Stu Bennett is like, is that bourbon? I thought it, But the way he said it, I, I, it was funny. But yeah. um, I don't think th there's nothing in that flask. I don't even think there's water in that flask. No, there's nothing in the flask at all. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to obviously drink alcohol i mean right. it's it's like movies you know you think they're drinking you know like some strong drink and it's really iced tea yeah, it's just colored water <laughs> yeah um for those listening live i know a few people mentioned that greg gutfeld show is about to start if anybody's gonna watch that even on the replay or on sunday if you're looking for me in the crowd i am sitting in the back row all the way on the end you would see me on the left, and as my fiance said yesterday, it seemed like I was the tallest person in the room. So it, I actually do over, you know, take quite a few people. You'll see. Um, it was just, it was weird. I mean, there was a lot of very short people in that crowd yesterday. But um, yeah, if you're watching it from TV, I'll be in the back row on the left on the end, which was great because I was right next to one of the producers and we were talking all throughout the night. It was pretty funny. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I'm going back. I think uh, I got an email from, you know, my buddy that hooked me up. I got an email about half an hour before NWA finished and he told me he probably could get me tickets for three weeks from now. So looks like I'll be back there again. But uh, getting back to the pay-per-view. This is where we got that video package of Nick Aldis and James Storm. This was the first of the two packages. This package focused on the selection of the referees. 
Did you think uh, that yeah. Tim Storm was going to turn tonight? I thought there was going to be some fuckery afoot. Uh, I believe me and Joey talked about a little bit on Thursday towards the end of uh, Soup that I thought that, you know, obviously having the two different referees in there for each pinfall, you know, and the length that this main event would probably end up going. I thought Tim Storm might have been fucking around. I thought that there was going to be something that happens where Tim Storm decides the outcome inevitably of the match. I was not prepared for it to turn out the way that it did. No, and we will get to that match in a moment. First, we have Colt Cabana losing the NWA National Championship. Uh, He took on Aaron Stevens with the question mark in his corner and Ricky Starks. Match went 12 minutes. Very entertaining. Um, again, I I thought dynamic. yeah, love the dynamic with uh, Aaron Stevens and the question mark. Aaron Stevens throws his hands up. The crowd boos. <laughs> hands up. The crowd cheers. It's fantastic. And they and they didn't. The the best part about that is they didn't know that that was going to happen. And as soon as the crowd started doing it, they kept on doing it. They yes. kept the crowd interactive the crowd was on point with it now they've just created a gimmick for those two guys just by existing it was fantastic it is it's it's kind of a play of when Miz and Miz Dow used to come yeah when they used to come out in the ring and Miz would climb the rope and lift his arms up and the crowd would go boo and then Sandow would put his arms up and everybody would cheer it's fun and you know what um when Stu Bennett Said he's got good news, not bad news. And this is a little play of Miz and Sandow. That's the right way to, you know, just have a little bit of lighthearted fun from history. It's a nod. It's a nod. That's all it is. It's not a big to do. It's not a, hey, remember when I used to do this? It's not over the top. It's just a little nod. Just a little, you know. What is it that you usually do? Off the cheek or something like that? Yeah. I mean, this yes. is this is the thing that I hate about wrestling. It seems like whenever somebody, and I understand why they do it, but whenever somebody ends up going to a different Fed, uh, and the, the Fed they're going to, they're obviously not as big as the Fed where they came from. And whenever something is compared to from their previous employment, it's always a knock. You know, like... You know, with Jericho, you know, with some of the things, you know, it's immediately, you know, this ain't 2005. You know, with right. with Jake Hager, you know, you can't do we to people. I'm not saying that they needed to do we to people, but it's, and I know they're playing heels too, but even other wrestlers that are babyface like Dustin and others, it's like if anybody brings up their previous employer, even things that were beautiful and worked well, that were fun, it's like... Oh, no, that's taboo. Do not celebrate that. Don't smile at it. Don't, you know, bring it up at all. I mean, fans are watching you on NWA. They're not going to turn the TV off and go to WWE simply because of something you did five years ago. So I love that even though Aaron Stevens is a heel, he's still playing up to it with the fans because he knows if the fans are doing that, that means they're interactive. That means they're having fun. So you're going along with what the fans want to do. So basically, every time the fans want to do something in other feds, those wrestlers shoot it down. Even Goldust, even Dustin Rhodes, fans shoot some things down. But, you know, it it is what it is. But I thought it was great. I thought the match was great. 
Um, Cole Cabana is now done with Ring of Honor. I'm curious to see where Cole Cabana remains as far as employment a month or two from now. Because he is showing up everywhere. And I think Cole Cabana, they need to focus him on one individual company. He's great for NWA. I don't know if he's in NWA for the long haul. But putting the belt on Aaron Stevens tonight, I thought was great. I have a feeling this is going to ultimately set up a match between the question mark and Aaron Stevens for that title. I think that'll get the question mark over even further. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. To me, I probably enjoyed this match more than any other match tonight. Very good. Yeah, no, definitely. This is this is a hard one because I enjoyed the match with the question mark, and I love this match too. You know, once again, another match that's based around fun. Yes, wasn't wasn't a great spectacle. Wasn't over the top action. Wasn't over the top. You know, maneuvers and oohs and ahs. It was just fun. And people were laughing at it. People were interactive with the match. That's how you know it's a good product, at least in my opinion. When the crowd wants to interact and the wrestlers interact with the crowd, that to me is what makes wrestling fun and special. And and once again, here's another match on this card, on this very first NWA pay-per-view. That's an exemplary match that other promotions need to take heed of. This is the kind of stuff that I think a lot of fans are missing. This is why on Wednesday night, two of the biggest companies in America that are uh, two of the biggest wrestling companies in the U S are barely fucking scratching one point together. You know what else? You know what else? This kind of feels man. You know what else? All the wrestlers tonight, because they didn't have to do 1800 flippy flippy moves. They could go out and have a beer after. They don't have to ice themselves down. They don't have to be dealing with you know crazy pain and stuff like that. Like you don't have to kill your body and do insane fucking holy. I don't know. I don't remember a holy shit chant tonight at all. I I don't even remember a this is awesome chant tonight at all. But yet from beginning to end, the pay per view was fun, and none of those guys had to do anything maybe the rock and roll express we got a little bit of it because of their age and they could still go but you don't have to you know like do this insane crazy shit in the ring to get over they with did, fans they did have one chant though dt oh i know what chant you're talking about and i'm drawing a fucking blank right now holy i got it oh uh, the fans when 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 aldous was sitting there and talking at the end of the show, the fans started chanting real world shit. Oh, yeah. Real world champ. Real world champ. That's what it was. Real world champ. Oh, real world champ. I thought they meant real world shit. Like, no, no, no. Real world champ. Because, well, either way, he was a heavy fucking moment. And yeah. It was, it, was, it was a wonderful speech. Yeah. It was but real I, world I, champ. I thought the fans were chanting real world shit. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. No, you know, something I have to mention, too. And we would get lambasted if we didn't mention it. Another cool moment tonight about the Rock and Roll Express. They made mention of it, and I Googled it, and it was true. Uh, the outfits that they wore tonight, and tell me this isn't impressive. The same outfits they wore at Starcade 86. They could still fit into their outfits. Wow. 
33 years later. So if the if it looked a little outdated tonight, they were wearing their Starcade 86 outfits, which I thought was phenomenal. Very cool. It was awesome. But uh now we get to the main event. Uh best two out of three falls match for the NWA championship. Uh Nick Aldis chose James Storm. Uh James, excuse me. Tim Storm. <laughs> Tim Storm, Tim Storm yes. to be the referee for his fall. Um, James Storm chose Brian Hepner uh, to referee the first fall. So we get Brian Hepner out there for the first fall. And, you know, it was strange because two minutes in, James Storm, you know, hits the last call super kick, gets the first fall. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. You know, the referee that is, you know, the experienced referee, he's out of there after two minutes. Now, we knew it was going to go three falls. But the rule that they announced earlier tonight is that whoever, if it goes to a third fall, they get to flip a coin. And whoever wins the coin flip will be the referee for the third fall. So I honestly thought that Tim Storm would likely be refereeing the third call. Maybe they have the double-headed uh, coin. I'm a little um, disappointed that they didn't put the camera close to show us the coin like they do in football. Right. But um, the first fall ended in two minutes. So we have James Storm up one fall to none. Um, the match was also, mind you, this is also the payoff for the Camille bit where she was banned from ringside and she came out there. So this was in order to further that storyline of what, what did she whisper into James Storm's ear? Why was she out there all of a sudden in the middle of this match when she was told not to be? And it kind of built up Nick as, as a little bit more of a heel, obviously with the way that he treats Camille. But at the same time too, it showed to everyone that this story is going to continue. Right. And because she came out and Nick Aldis being a little distracted and a little annoyed that she came out, that allowed James Storm to get the advantage and get the first fall. fall. So Tim Storm and, you know, did they say, because I heard, I saw a few people commenting on this tonight. Going forward, they're just going to list him as Tim. Like, they're not going to mention Storm in his name anymore? I saw a few people writing that online. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No, that'd be weird. Yeah, that's uh, just, that's, uh, that's the, I could see taking the, the name Alexander off of Rusev, because a lot of people may forget it was Alexander Rusev, but just calling him Tim, uh, I don't know about that. But anyway, Brian Hepner uh, is done. So now Tim Storm is in for the second fall. Uh, Brault. With a little bit of the Christmas props, James Storm whipped into the Christmas tree. And yes. uh, that was a funny chant, too, where the fans were chanting Merry Christmas to James Storm. <laughs> I did laugh at that. That was pretty good. Uh, and at some point during the second fall, James Storm had grabbed the chair, threatened to use it on Nick Aldis. Tim Storm threatened that he would be disqualified if he used the chair. And, um, you know, James Storm would eventually just give up the chair. Nick Aldis uh basically got a roll-up victory and um now we have the falls at one fall apiece so we have uh, another referee come out he flips the coin and he said if it lands on heads brian hepner would be the referee for the third fall if it lands on tails tim storm would be the referee again they should have just used the double-headed coin put it close up so we could see it we never got to see it 
but he announced that Brian Hepner would be the referee for the third fall. And, you know, the third fall, uh, you know, it was okay, but we got ultimately a ref bump. And Brian Hepner is laid out in the corner of the ring. Tim Storm comes out again, looking all concerned. And ultimately, Tim Storm would re-enter the ring. And um, they, they went back and forth a little bit. But uh, there was a point where Nick Aldis uh, tore off the turnbuckle. And uh, Nick Aldis sent James Storm headfirst into the exposed turnbuckle, technically knocking him out. Nick Aldis hit the Kingsland uh, Cloverleaf on James Storm. And James Storm could not answer Tim Storm's um, calls, you know, and kind of like Steve Austin when he was unconscious to the pain of Bret Hart. James Storm was unconscious. Tim Storm was forced to call for the bell. Nick Aldis retains the NWA heavyweight title. Yeah. 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 I was a little confused with Joe Galley saying, like, he never heard a bell. You know, he was confused. I don't think there was anything confusing by it. I mean, James Storm was knocked out. So they called. I'll be honest, though. That bell all night, that bell was suffering from a case of it needs some blue chew. That bell was so light all night. Like, you hear boxing bells or wrestling bells and they're loud for whatever reason the nwa bell is not very loud at all so if it's that phone ringer in the audience so if you that be- I- so if that bell had tits or was a human being it would have looked like that chick in the corner the vegetable with the with the light hat <laughs> right it was falling asleep the bell was falling asleep. Now, I don't know if that's on purpose that they were hitting it light all night in order to convey the point for the main event. But that would be interesting, too, because, Jesus Christ, when was the last time the bell was a part of the wrestling match? And I don't mean as a physical foreign object, you know? So it, that was interesting, too. But, yeah, I, I thought that the bell was light all night. It was very but he, light. But even with that, Joe Galley and Stu Bennett are only about – what 20 feet away from the ring 30 feet away from yeah, the ring you could see tim it up for the crowd though. i they're know playing. but you see tim storm clearly making reference that matches over matches over james storm cannot answer right. you know but um we thought that we were going off the air i was getting ready to come into this room to do the recap show and uh you never want to turn it off too soon they're helping James Storm to the back. He gets a nice ovation from the crowd. And Nick Aldis cuts another promo. He basically says that the old Nick Aldis would talk about how that's his ring. But he said that it's their ring. Him, James Storm, the fans. And the lights go out. We get some funky music. And um, Marty Scrolls comes out. And the crowd is making a big deal about it. They're chanting Marty Skrull's name. Nick Aldis is standing in the middle of the ring, um, very baffled and confused. And that's what I said when we opened up. When you saw Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis having to stare down, the, f- the thing that I couldn't get my eye off of is how tiny Marty Skrull's legs are. I mean, <laughs> seriously, yeah. my wrist, I think you could put my wristwatch around his ankles they are small and look marty scroll is obviously 
a lot more than just ankles. I'm not taking away his ability. He is definitely a big player, and it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes um, in NWA. Um, I wouldn't put it on like a Finn Balor showing up in NXT. You know, the idea of Marty Skrull coming out, it, it makes sense. I understand it. I, I see people already, you know, posing, oh, is this a bridge between NJPW and NWA? What does this mean? I thought Marty was supposed to go to AEW. I guess he's not elite. And I, I don't know. I think, you know what, if he's going to be a part of the NWA, it makes sense because the NWA needs a clearly defined villain. And NWA really doesn't have that. There were people that liked James Storm, and there are people that like Nick Aldis. And even when Tim Storm was wrestling, there was people that liked Tim Storm. The problem is, is you've had this main event, and you've had this back and forth, and you've had these amazing matches and these amazing uh, uh, promos and everything else like that, but you haven't had somebody that the people want to see the shit kicked out of. Yeah. Enter yeah. Marty Squirrel. Right. I, I think... Um, Aaron Stevens is another guy fans would love to see the shit kicked oh. out of, but he's not going for the NWA heavyweight title right now. Right, not yet. No, so Marty Scroll is now in NWA, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, it kind of feels almost immediately that it's gonna be Marty Scroll and uh, Nick Aldis for January twenty fourth, although. You know, the storyline with James Storm is not finished yet. So I don't know what this does. I wonder if Marty Skrull is going to have a feud with someone else in the beginning. What do you think? So, and that's it. We go off the air, and that's how NWA closes out their show. Uh, what was scale of 1 to 10? What do you give it? Favorite match, least favorite match? Well, you know, it's the very first one. I will give it a solid 8. I think it was a hell of a way to start. You know, the the small things are mostly the way that the crowd was. You know, man, gosh, even an eight is almost me being pick, nitpicky. I would say even a nine. I would give it a nine out of ten. Okay. I'm really impressed with this. If this is their first, you know, I think they hit a home run right out of the gate. You know, they, they know their audience. They know their niche. And they're sticking to it. You know? Um the wrestling is is phenomenal. I guess the matches, the match lengths are a little bit odd, you know, for it's a shorter pay-per-view, which is also good. See, that's a positive too. Like I'm Well, I'm you know why? Like, you know, like, I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt you. But you know what was great about the pay-per-view tonight? And this helps a great deal. I, I think people underestimate how much this helps. Uh, a lot of wrestlers come out to, to virtually no entrance music. You yes. do have some coming without to music, but it's not like they're, you know, 200 rows away or a big rampway away. Yeah, they walk to the ring pretty quickly, but there's a lot of wrestlers that did not have entrance music. You do that for enough people, that's a good 15 minutes, you know, because it's not just the music playing, it's before, it's after. They didn't cut away to really long packages. You didn't right. have any commercials for pay-per-views. Right. So right. so they cut out probably 30 minutes of nothing. I don't want to call it nothing, but 
you know, they they the pay per view tonight went about what two hours fifteen minutes, I guess you could say. Um, I thought it was a perfect, perfect length. Now, what was your? Well, I think I know your favorite match tonight. Question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. What was your least favorite match tonight? Uh probably the women's tag match. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. I like seeing ODB out there. Don't get me wrong, but I just wasn't invested outside of ODB. Mm. You know, Allison K is fine, and I li- I think Marty Bell is very cute stuff like that. I just I, I wasn't as invested in the tag team women's match. You know, I even yeah. think that uh uh what was her name? Steels and uh Sasha. Uh, yeah, her name is like Sasha Steels, right? Or um, you you're talking about the girl? No, her I keep calling her Sasha Steels. It's Tasha Steels. Tasha Steels. Because yeah, I, I think she's a combo of you know, she's like Cardi B meets Sasha Banks. Right. Yeah, that's a good call. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, but and she had a good debut out there, and I was fine with that. You know, so uh, the tag team women's match was a little lackluster, but everything else felt really good. And I'm not even shitting on the tag team women's match. It wasn't a bad match, but I mean, if you want to tell me which match I would have taken off of the entire card, that would have been the one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, they brought in ODB. I want to see where this leads ODB because I want to see. If uh, what happens with her in Impact Wrestling, um, but no, I actually my least favorite match was that match because it was very sloppy, um, and it didn't click. I, I I know ODB was over. It was great to see Melina again. Um, Melina was not bad at all, but it just felt thrown together. You know, I just it just felt thrown together to me. Uh, yeah. My favorite match of the night was the three way. With uh, Ricky Starks, Aaron Stevens, and Colt Cabana, I just I I enjoyed that match, and um, I was happy that the right person won and got the belt. Scale of one to ten, I'll give it a, an eight. And when I give it an eight, I'm not comparing it to a WrestleMania eight or an AEW eight. We knew the matches going into it. We knew what wrestlers were going to be on it. So when you know the type of movie you're going to see and you know the actors in it may not be all Academy Award winners, but you go into that movie knowing who's in it, what the plot is, and they entertain you, you can walk out of that movie and say, wow, I give it on a scale of 1 to 10, I give it an 8 or a 9, and someone will say to you, yeah, but blah, 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 I won an Academy Award, got only got rated a 7. You're ranking that higher than something else? I don't compare the two. For the NWA promised product, they delivered. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I give them an 8. Here's the other thing. And let me just put this through there, too, kind of piggybacking off your point. I think what makes the NWA a little bit more special is that there is no established star. In AEW, you're watching AEW because you're a Cody Rhodes fan or a Chris Jericho fan, or a Kenny Omega fan, you know what I mean? Like, you are following these guys because these guys, or, or I'm sorry, a John Moxley fan. You are watching this show for those four guys. In the NWA, everybody is a B-level actor. Everybody has an, an actual opportunity to steal the show. And I think that tonight, 
Aaron Stevens is the guy that stole the show. Yeah, he did. I really do. And that's amazing because now it's based upon crowd reaction as opposed to, oh, this guy had a hell of a career somewhere else. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's almost as if because the NWA is such a brand new promotion with such history, you can ignore a lot of these wrestlers that are coming in that their histories don't matter as much. So a guy like Trevor Murdoch can get over with so many people, even though he's had this history that's been forgotten in his past, but he can get over even at 40 years old as a new wrestler. And people can enjoy him as a news wrestler. Aaron Stevens stunk up the shit out of fucking Impact Wrestling when he was there. It was embarrassingly bad. And people loved him as Damian Sandow. But it's almost as if that doesn't matter. What matters is what he does in the NWA. And it comes off very well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, with that, any final closing comments before we call it? No, I'm good. I think uh I think overall I'm looking forward to uh January 24th. Yeah, it's so. going to it's going to be fun. And it's not too long from now and it's not too short. It gives them 6 weeks to build it up. They'll have one week that'll probably be like, a, you know, mostly video packages hyping everything up. So you figure you got one week will be a fallout. And then you'll have good four solid weeks to build up interest in storylines further. And then you get that final week that closes it out. And then we'll be in the end of January. So, and Quick question. Can I just add one thing to you, just so you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, without looking it up, because I was checking it out earlier, I believe that's the same weekend as the Royal Rumble. Yes, that's what I heard, too. And isn't the night before NXT? So their, their thinking is Friday NWA, because Saturday is NXT and Sunday is Royal Rumble. So hey, they're... That's- that's that's yeah. their thinking. Yeah, Billy's not stupid, but real quick question. TV title. Are we talking about traditional TV or YouTube? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters because YouTube, if you could still, you know, let me put it like this. I always watched Fight TV through my computer until tonight. Tonight's the first time I watched Fight TV through my Roku on my regular television. So up until now... I've been looking at it through a computer screen. So if you watch wrestling through a computer screen, technically, would you consider that a TV screen? I would. I believe if it is televised, then it's a TV title. Um, I don't. I don't think that that is a teaser to get to network TV. I think they just wanted to bring back a belt with some nice lineage to it, so they could celebrate that lineage. Um, so I, whether it's YouTube. Or if it's fight TV, or if they end up getting some type of a TV deal, I think the belt is fine no matter either way. Very good, Mish. Pleasure as always. I know you had a crazy week, and I thank you for all the stuff that you did with me. And uh, I will email you the uh, the raw form of this file tonight. Yes, and, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this NWA Into the Fire pay per view recap. It is so refreshing to be able to discuss something that is not AEW and WWE for 90 minutes and sincerely enjoy everything that we're talking about. It's a it's a breath of fresh air, and I really, really am happy for it. We almost talked as long as the pay-per-view. <laughs> That's true. You think about it, that is true. That is true. If you take away all the vignettes 
and the intros and the the brawls yeah we're probably probably right yeah that means we got to do a watch along in the future it could be yeah yeah all right mish i'll talk to you later my friend all right all right be well all right everybody i hope you enjoyed this nwa into the fire pay-per-view recap now obviously since we talked about it today i will not talk about it on wednesday uh no need to if there's any fallout from there i will obviously get into that on wednesday but uh definitely send us your feedback what you thought about the pay-per-view agree disagree with anything that we said you can follow me on twitter at don tony d you can follow mish and soup guys at wrestling soup in addition to our patron patreon.com slash don tony we have wrestling soups patreon patreon.com slash wrestling soup as we have brought up before uh myself john draper joey numbers and mish we will be in chicago for c2e2 and aew revolution we will also be in florida for wrestlemania weekend well i am about 80 percent definite i am going to start looking into plane and hotel um i'll see how many days i could stay as of right now the most likely scenario is flying into florida friday afternoon and coming home sunday morning um it's gonna suck that i won't be able to save for wrestlemania but i have to work on monday and if i stay for wrestlemania the earliest flight i'll be able to get to go home is not until monday and not only that the rates are insane because you have so many people that are going to be flying home on monday uh from wrestlemania a big new york contingency is going to be there but it's going to be fun and hell if we can get it done i want to try i really in fact i want to get in touch with NWA, I probably can't speak to Dave Lagana right now, obviously, because of all my criticism, but I definitely plan on getting in touch with NWA to make sure if we come down to Atlanta, Georgia for one of their events that, you know, we obviously could have tickets for, get tickets, even if we have to pay for the tickets, you know, but I'm out of here. Everyone enjoy the rest of the weekend. Don't forget Sunday night is the WWE TLC pay-per-view. Um, as of right now, it will definitely be yours truly and Kev doing a DTKC recap. Uh, it, it, if for any reason I don't do it just from being exhausted from doing all the shows, then Kev will be doing a solo recap, but more than likely I'll be on. I know Soup will be doing a pay-per-view recap as well. Soup has the helm for the live on air on Discord and the Mixler. So, you know, you could listen to one of our shows live tomorrow and check out the other on the download. So uh, on behalf of Mish, I am Don Tony and hope you enjoyed this recap and I'll catch you all again soon. Be well. Take care. Ciao. All right, everybody. Uh, let me uh, get some editing done over here, doing a little filtering. Luckily, because I got Mish over here, I don't have to do too much in that department but um i still have some to do so uh ah, all right if you're looking to download this i'll have it online by 11. um i know greg godfeld shows on right now they haven't uh somebody said they haven't panned the audience yet hopefully they do if they don't oh well but um i, I won't watch it until uh i don't know 
Probably Sunday. I don't even know if I can because, well, actually, I think it is Sunday at 5. But if they do pan the crowd and you happen to see me, let me know. I'm definitely going to be curious. So let me know on Twitter because I'll probably be on there later. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And enjoy. It was a good episode. I probably had the loudest claps. If you hear some real, like a loud singular clap, I mean, but it's funny because you're not going to say, hey, that's Don Tony clapping. No, I just have this very loud clap. I don't know. I just, I make my hands red when I clap, but uh, I'm not one of these that gets all animated and stuff. But all right, let me get some editing done. If you hear a little noise in the background, that's just me doing some editing. I don't even know if you can hear this. Can you hear this? Yeah, no, I don't. Well, actually, you probably can if I do I mean, this. You know, it's, it, it makes sense. I understand it. I, I see people already, you know, posing. Oh, is this a bridge? Yeah, the only reason why you hear a little echo at times is because uh, the setup I have right now, everything is going through the computer. One, I am not using my laptop right now. I don't have the proper wiring for it. So, so yeah, I was just forced to, you know. I don't do know what it is. Earlier when we were doing the tests, everything sounded fine. But tonight on the recording, it was. Yeah, there was some I, echo, but I'm going to be able to filter most of it out. But, you know, the funny thing is. Might be fine. What I'm trying to tell you is that on my end, all of your audio was just, it was garbled. It was very difficult to. You know, I had, I had to change some settings for, you know, who. Okay. So I'm wondering if, you know, look, when I have the laptop, I think that'll resolve all the problems because if anything, I'll do the laptop with him and I'll do everything else with you. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I'm constantly I was just wondering what happened because I was, I was like, cause I started fucking with my settings after a while. Cause I'm like me and DT tested this out this afternoon before the show even went live and everything was okay. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now. No, it's it's because I have to, even with the new mixer, I have to compensate for, you know, it's different. You have a condenser mic. He's got a $20 headset. You know what I mean? So I got to constantly change things, and that's the most frustrating thing. But I think once I get those wires tomorrow and I could, you know, go back to the laptop again, if I have to, I'll use just the computer for me and you and do the laptop with him. You know, as long as I keep doing shows with him, this is going to happen. You know what I mean? You know, what what happens down the line, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I, I agree. You know, before we had no problems at all, but I had to start manipulating. Say, even the ducking stuff. I had the ducking stuff on with you and me before, and we had no problems. But no. because he's got a headset, you know, when when I talk... You know what I mean? Like it's ducking, so it's cutting off his audio. So he's got a twenty dollar headset. So when I duck, he um he hears static. He hears all everything. So I had to disable ducking. Maybe it's as easy as just enabling ducking again when you and I are on. Because what ducking does is when one of us is talking, it cuts off the other mic. So right. this so so it it ducks out. So maybe that's what I got to do. Actually, you know what? Because there is a little feedback right now. Hold on. Let me just...
New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 